Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God from St. Luke, the 14th chapter, our holy gospel for this 12th Sunday after Pentecost, where Jesus says, When you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, Friend, move up higher. Then you'll be honored in the presence of all who sit at table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. This is God's word. The contrast that Jesus strikes in today's Holy Gospel is the one between being exalted and being humbled. And and those words are just fancy words for saying being made high and being made low. To be exalted is to be lifted up and raised up and made high. To be humbled is to be brought down, brought low. It's that simple. This is one example where Jesus' words are quite easy to understand. There's not a whole lot of code. There's not a whole lot to get through to understand the point of what Jesus is saying. Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be Exalted. What is a little bit perhaps outside of our realm of understanding is the image that Jesus uses of the table. Now, we all know that we lament in our day and age that the family dinner table is less of a thing than it used to be. I know we've talked about that in our family. We, we routinely remind ourselves to make that time to sit together for dinner at the family table and with busy schedules among all of us. It gets hard to do at times. But even then, that's not even quite the same as what Jesus is saying here. Because even at the family dinner table, it might be that the husband, the dad, sits at the quote-unquote head of the table. But the way our houses are arranged, which even is the head. I mean, we got two ends, and typically I sit at the end because I'm a wide person and my elbows when I eat are like this. And who wants to sit next to someone with their elbows out like this? Where Isabella sits at our family table, it depends on the fact that she's left-handed and she doesn't want to be eating and bumping elbows with someone next to her bumping their right elbow against her. The idea, though, that there are certain places of honor at a table is really reserved for a feast that is being offered by someone who welcomes a crowd into his home. A lord, a master, a rich landowner perhaps, who would be the first one that the servants would bring the food to, and then after he took food for his plate, he would pass it down to those along the table. And therefore the place of honor would be right next to the master of the feast. Now, maybe there's a little bit of that. We still at Thanksgiving. How many of you have families where you still have a kid's table? But even then, the parents probably worry about fixing their kids' plates before they fix their own. I suppose there's a little bit of it when you have that dish at a meal that maybe it's everyone's favorite dish, but if you don't get at it early, you might not get the best that's there being offered. I remember at the first congregation I served in Garrison, Minnesota, We had a 
uh, a dear woman in our congregation named Betty Pitcher. And Betty, to every single potluck at our church, would bring a tray of deviled eggs. Now, you know how those Rubbermaid Tupperware containers are that hold deviled eggs? How many do they hold? Maybe a dozen cut in half? I don't know. But we would routinely have 40, 50 people at a potluck meal. And if you wanted a deviled egg, you had to get up there early. Now, I can't stand the things. But now that he's uh, back in college and not here to hear me tell a story about him, Paul had a singular ability to make sure he was towards the front of that potluck line to get not just two, but three or maybe even four of Betty's deviled eggs because he loved the things. The closer you are to the front, the closer you are to the head, the best is what you get. And so people who presume themselves to be at the front, to be at the head, to be exalted, could have a high opinion of themselves. We like to think we're good at humility. It isn't even that kind of ironic that we might say to ourselves, I'm pretty good at being humble. You know, if you read some of the stories of those who are indeed exalted in our society, celebrities. Have you ever heard some of the things that celebrities will demand for themselves when they go in a concert, they're on stage, or they're making an appearance somewhere? I read at one point that Mariah Carey was doing an interview on a talk show, and because she didn't want any creases in her dress, she insisted that there had to be people who would actually pick her up and lower her down onto the couch for the interview so she didn't have any creases in her dress. It said that Cher, when she goes somewhere, needs two dressing rooms, one for her and one for all of her wigs and hair pieces that she uses when she performs. It's part of her act. It's not just the women that do this either. Kanye West supposedly requires backstage at every concert he goes to to perform, has to have a barber. And the famous 80s rock band Van Halen used to request that a large bowl of M&M's would be in their dressing room. But all of the brown ones had to be removed from it first. These things seem nonsensical to us and they seem the sort of behavior of people who think of themselves as elites. People who exalt themselves. And yet we do indeed live in a world where how is value measured among us? Now, some of you might not be on social media, but you're probably aware enough that we live in a world that those who are valued, those who are important, measure that value by the number of likes on Facebook, the number of follows on Twitter, the number of views on YouTube. We seek value and acceptance in all the wrong places, and it's not... Limited to just the celebrity types with their nonsensical requests. But to each and every one of us who seek the world's approval and acceptance above everything else. If you haven't noticed what the world approves of, what the world accepts, what the world values is changing quicker than we can fathom. 
and to seek the world's approval. To seek honor and value among the world around us is a dangerous game for Christians to play. It's why we come to this place and begin with those familiar words. I, a poor, miserable sinner. We don't say those words to say that we're good for nothing, that we're a waste of life or a waste of breath. We say it to recognize our condition. We say it because those words are humbling. To confess that I am a poor, miserable sinner is to be humbled. To look at yourself in the mirror of God's word, his law, and see just how deep your sin goes. That it's more than just a few impure thoughts or a couple of naughty words that slipped out of your mouth, or that one time you forgot to do or neglected to do something nice for a person. It's your condition. You are humbled. You are brought low in the eyes of God's commands. But the reason we begin in such a way, the reason we say such a thing about ourselves is yes, because it's true, but also because of what Jesus expresses in this gospel for today. Those who are humbled are the ones to whom he says, friend, move up higher. Those who are face to face with their sin and their guilt, their shame, their brokenness, the depths of wickedness in their hearts, those who are brought low when they stare eye to eye with God's commands are indeed the ones whom Jesus has come to with a word of peace and hope and exaltation. Lifting up. And indeed, Jesus lifts you up. What a beautiful word that the master of the feast says to the humble one as far away from the head of the table as he could be. He says, friend, move up higher. And because Christ has shed his blood for you and washed away your sin to the very depths of who you are, he says to you, calls you friend. And tells you, move up higher. Come take a place of honor at my table. That table, I hope you already know, is heaven. The new heaven and new earth that Christ will return to bring for us. It is often described as a feast where we partake of the best that the master of the feast has to give. 
We're not down at the end of the table waiting for the last deviled egg or that part of the Thanksgiving turkey we don't want. We get the best of what he has. But it's more than just a feast that Holy Scripture describes for us as the kingdom in which we will live forever. It is described as a wedding feast. And so think about where your place is at that table. At the wedding feast, the marriage feast of the Lamb, is what the book of Revelation calls it. Jesus, of course, is the bridegroom. And who is his bride? His church. It's you, dear people of God. You are the bride of Christ. So where is your place at the feast that will last for all eternity? Right at the side of the bridegroom who has loved you and washed you with his blood and purified you and made you holy. And what does this bridegroom give to his bride? What does he give to you? The very best of what he has to give. Even giving all of himself with his body and blood. The one who will come to the humble, lowly, brought down, poor, miserable sinners like you and me. Is the one who comes to say, not just friend, move up higher. He calls you his beloved. His bride. And he gives you all of himself, even his body and blood. And so we, humble, poor, miserable sinners, gathered here today in this place, come where? We come to the Lamb's table to be exalted. Sinners given the very best of what the master of the feast has to give. His very own body and blood. And dear friends, there is no greater meal in which you can share on this side of heaven than the taste of heaven your bridegroom gives to you here at the table. That's why we would bid you Dear children of God, come regularly and come often. Because here, at this table, lowly sinners are lifted up. Lowly sinners find their true worth, their true value in the one who loves them unconditionally. And perfectly. Your place in heaven, dear friends, is at the best place at the table, right at the side of the Lamb who has loved you, even with his own suffering and death. You don't have to wait until heaven to take your place at the table. He brings you forward this very morning that you would be loved that you would be redeemed and that you would be forgiven. Find joy and hope 
and love at the table at which you take the best place of all today. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.